Welcome to Que Pasa HSIs, a podcast dedicated to everything Hispanic serving institutions. I'm your host, Dr. Gina Ann Garcia, bringing you the news on what's happening in HSIs. Join us as we explore the history and evolution of HSIs, culturally relevant and liberatory practices, current and emerging research with HSIs, and the policies that shape servingness. Saludos, HSI familia, and welcome to Que Pasa, HSIs. Today, we are talking to Jackie Black, who serves as the Director of Hispanic Initiatives in Diversity and Inclusion Educational Programming at Marquette University. In this role, Jackie leads the university's HSI initiatives. In addition to increasing Latinx enrolling to at least 25% of the undergraduate student body, her work entails enhancing the educational experience of camp and campus climate for underrepresented students. She was also the founding chairperson of the HSI Network of Wisconsin. Hailing from a working class background, Jackie strongly believes in the power of education as a path to upward mobility. She earned a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from the University of Chicago, a Master's Degree in Education from St. Xavier University, and is currently a PhD candidate in the Educational Policy and Leadership Program at Marquette University. She's joined by Alberto Maldonado, who is also here to talk to us about his work with HSI Now. He's the director of Roberto Hernandez Center at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. He also serves as a special assistant to the Vice Chancellor for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Since 2016, he has co-led the Chancellor's Committee for Hispanic Student Initiatives with the intention to grow and expand opportunities for Latinx students at UWM, engage with the community, and implement commitments made by the Chancellor. Alberto has 25 plus years of service at the university and has championed numerous initiatives in the areas of pre-college, community outreach, admissions, multicultural enrollment, and academic advising. He is a two-time graduate of the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee with a bachelor's in fine arts and a master's of science with a concentration in cultural foundations of education. On a personal note, I've been part of the HSI movement in Wisconsin since 2016, working closely with Jackie, Alberto, and other members of the HSI Now community. I have a special place in my heart for the very cold Milwaukee area that these folks help to make feel much warmer. I'm so excited to have y'all here today on Que Pasa HSIs, where we talk about all things HSIs. But first, we're gonna talk about what brings you both to HSI work. So we're going to start with Alberto, if you can go ahead and tell us about your servingness journey. Oh, wow. Uh, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me and Jackie here on this space, which I I enjoy uh, tremendously by being a, a fan and a consumer of, of your content. So thank you for the invitation and for uh, elevating the work that we're doing here in the, in the Midwest and Milwaukee area, uh, where people may... I think that there's Latinos, but yes, we are serving them. Um, I think, you know, when I think about servingness, uh, my journey uh, begins uh, on how um, myself as a student navigating um, a new system uh, here in the U.S. I'm, you know, migrated from, from Puerto Rico uh, in 1989, I had to go through you know, English language, you know, um, process of learning a new language and mastering the language to some degree to really uh, landing in the in the foot uh, in the steps of, of the institution that I, I have been working now for over 25 years and 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 really uh, being a, a recipient of 
of great customer service, but more so, uh, you know, uh, leaning on and and sort of standing in the shoulders of 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 a lot of mentors and a lot of great people who who saw the potential and who remove barriers for my for me as I, I was navigating my own academic journey. So um, it, was, it was those those seeds that were sort of planted in me, um, right? That equipped me with what I today I'm able to exercise with students who who look like me in terms of their journey. Um, and so for me, it's, 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 uh, it's been, uh, you know, 25 years of really um, uh, exercising what, what I experienced myself, um, what in my community is highly valued as well. So um, th that's where my, my journey begins. And, and now I find myself in, in, in a position with, with colleagues and my staff and, and people and partners in the community where where um, I have the ability to 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 bring a lot of that together and and scale the work that we do uh, in serving students and serving others. Awesome! Thank you for kicking us off with that. We'll go ahead and turn it over to Jackie. Well, first of all, like Alberto, I'm really excited to be here. I just want to say how much I appreciate you having us on your podcast. Um, it's been so great to have you as a co-conspirator on this HSI journey these past seven years or so. Um, just really excited to nerd out with you today. So um, my journey is a little different from Alberto and probably most of the folks that you bring on to the podcast. Um, as a white person growing up in a very segregated area, uh, issues related to diversity were not on my radar at all during my formative years. Um, but as a person growing up in poverty, I was hyper attuned to issues of equity and justice. And so when my journey took me to live and learn and work on the South side of Chicago, I started to understand how those issues of race and class kind of intersected. Um, and it I also understood that it was my education that was the thing that was helping to propel me out of the cycle of intergenerational poverty. And so it became a really deeply personal vocation for me to become that person who could do the same for others, who could help others. As Alberto had mentioned, like the folks that he, that gave him a leg up, there were so many people along my pathway who did the same. So after college, I started teaching. Um, I worked in K-12 settings and I was also living and working with Latinx folks and serving minoritized students. So um, one of the main places that I, I spent a lot of time teaching was at um, Market High School, which is an all boys Catholic school here in Milwaukee. Um, it's a Jesuit school located in the city and it serves a lot of different kinds of students from all different socioeconomic and racial backgrounds. And I started working with their heritage speakers program. I taught Spanish, um, we called it native speakers there. Um, and at the time when I started, there was about 8% Latino students. And most of those guys uh, found their way either into my native speaker classes or into the whole room that I ran, which was called Orgullo Latino. Um, because the school was still predominantly white, the native speakers classes in Orgullo kind of came, became this like oasis for the students. Uh, we formed this really strong community. The classes I taught were um, not just around Spanish language, but also around like history and stories and poetry. And they're really designed to um, empower students with knowledge around their own heritage. And same thing with Orgullo, we did lots of things to support students, but also to bring their culture into the school. 
Um, so over time, I got to know their families. Um, my work extended to family support, you know, community connections, um, getting connected to the feeder schools, bringing young alums back to interpret at parent-teacher conferences, helping our undocumented students navigate college admissions, things like that. And it, in fact, it was way back then that I met Alberto. Um, he was already working at UW-Milwaukee um, in admissions and then in the Roberto Hernandez Center. And he became this like really important connector for our students to his campus. So all this to say, um, I really worked collaboratively with a lot of folks, both at my school and in the community to make sure that the students and the families that we served felt a sense of support, but also a sense of belonging. And so in a way, I'd like to think that I was engaged in Latinx servingness before that was even a thing. Um, and as a side note, uh, kind of a happy side effect of this work was that um, over the 10 years I was at Market High, the percentage of Latino students who attended there doubled, which I think is a testament to the idea that if you serve them well, they will come. Um, so fast forward, one day I saw a press release from Market University saying that they decided that they wanted to become an HSI. And this was back in 2016. And I was like, what's HSI? And the more I looked into this, um, the more I was like, oh, that sounds like what I do already. Um, I really loved my work at Market High, um, but I was really excited to think about the ways that I might be able to contribute to transformation on a bigger stage. I didn't know anything about working in higher ed, but I had learned a lot from the young men I taught at Market High. And I felt like I had something to contribute. So I threw my hat in the ring and I've been at Marquette University ever since. Wow, thank you both for the journey. I love it. I love hearing people's journeys. And uh, despite you saying, Jackie, your journey felt different than other folks, I, I always find threads. I know y'all listen, so I always find threads, but I love that y'all, you know, you kind of, you, most people go back to like, Pre even college, you know, it's like servingness is it's it's ingrained in us in in very different ways yeah. um, through community, right, and through people that come into our lives and whatnot. So so thank you all for those, um, you know, just to get to know you a little bit better. And y'all talk about uh, Jackie. You were talking about language a lot, and I always think about Alberto. Your email it cracks me up because it says <laughs> on the bottom it says hablo mucho español. I was like, I'm always like, all right, not even just a little bit of Spanish, but a lot of Spanish. <laughs> And wow. so I love the focus. Mm -hmm. What are you going to say? No, no, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, the idea of, you know, uh, you know, community, family, people who go way back, and mm -hmm. it just made me think about family, right? You know, I think of of my grandmother, I think of my mom, you know, how how they they take in people into our homes mm -hmm. and and in the barrio or you know in the community, and they they serve, and you know, the time you're not you're not you know, necessarily paying attention, but, you know, uh, indirectly it, it's impacting your formation. And I think I have to credit, uh, you know, my, my ancestors and, and my, my parents and my, uh, you know, the work ethics, the, you know, giving without expecting anything in return, um, sharing mm -hmm. a meal, you know, all these little things that, um, today we call volunteering or service learning or anything like that. Mm -hmm. They were doing them before, you know, we even had a title for those things. And so mm -hmm. um, those are, those are the things that I think, uh, you know, have helped me personally uh, and, and, mm -hmm. and my journey of, of serving others because I'm, I'm doing it, uh, you know, as a, as a, uh, you know, as a byproduct of, of what was instilled in me. So. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
And y'all have mentioned community so many times already. I can't wait for us to talk a little bit more about that because I know that's such a core piece of y'all's work is to be really committed to community, right? And, and working with people. Um, and you both have talked about that already too. So we'll talk about that, but let's, let's, um, let's get into HSI now or the HSI network of Wisconsin. Um, I have been working with y'all uh, in the HSI network, particularly you, Jackie, right, for quite some time. Um, and I think that it's so phenomenal to kind of work you're doing. So I want I want to share it. I want I, you know, I wanted to invite y'all into the podcast um, to share what y'all are doing in, in Milwaukee area in Wisconsin, because I think it's so important. So let's just start with that. What what is HSI now? What is its origin story? And what's its purpose? I think, Jackie, you're going to start us off. Yeah, um, I'm so excited to talk about HSI now because I think um, this is one of the great secrets of HSI work in the Midwest is the kind of work that we're doing here in Wisconsin. So the HSI Network of Wisconsin came about in this really very organic way. Um, when I started working at Marquette U with this mandate to figure out you know, how to become an HSI and all that that entailed, Marquette wasn't even an emerging HSI yet. And so I started looking for models for what this transition would look like. But the more I looked, the more I realized that mostly institutions become HSIs by you know, geographic accident rather than through any intentional efforts. And looking at our geographic context, you know, when people think of Wisconsin or the Midwest in general, at least outside of the Chicago area, you know, we're not in the same position as like places like California or Texas in terms of raw numbers of Latinx folks. But what we do have is growth. Um, so if you look at the data, particularly in and around Milwaukee, there has been an explosion in our Latinx community. Um, there was a study done in 2016 that showed that in the previous 25 years, the Hispanic population had tripled in the area. Um, if you look at, for example, Milwaukee Public Schools, if they were a college campus, they would be an HSI. So the pipeline was there, just not like a pathway. And Marquette was looking at this and thinking, you know, we should try to figure this out. How do we make, you know, better connections with this community? Um, but we weren't the only ones, right? There were these other campuses that were either just on the brink of becoming HSIs, um, or like Marquette had announced that they were striving to become HSIs. And one of those places was UW-Milwaukee. So I reached out to my friend Alberto and we started talking. And then we reached out to other folks. Um, shout out to Dr. Wilma Bonaparte from Milwaukee Area Technical College, Ruth Lopez at Alberno, Gabriela Barbosa at Mount Mary. Um, one of the benefits of living in a place like we call it small walkie, <laughs> like we call, uh, like to call ourselves is that, you know, there's one or two degrees of separation. Everybody knows each other. So we're having all these side conversations. What are you doing over there? What do your numbers look like? You know, we're having these challenges. How are you navigating these things? Um, and finally, I was like, we should just get everyone together in a room. And so that happened in spring of 2019. And that was basically the birth of HSI Now. You know, we were each muddling through on our separate campuses. And we decided, you know what, we can learn from each other, but we can also lean on each other, which I think is a really important aspect of our network. And um, our mission really reflects that. Uh, what we're trying to do as a collective is to bring folks together from colleges and universities across the state and work collaboratively to create pathways from the Latinx community to higher ed. Um, we also create forums. Um, of education, you know, to educate ourselves and others. Um, we create tools and frameworks that will help us advocate for serving this efforts on our respective campuses. So it's really an organization built on the principles of mutual support. 
Awesome. Thank you for that. And for shouting out all the original folks that you've been uh, working with in small walkie. <laughs> I never heard of that. But I do know a lot of those folks that you shouted out. Um, and what a cool idea to think about bringing people together um, when y'all are already like doing this kind of work um, and coming up with something more foundational. Um, I did find a report that had some of those data you were talking about. I don't know if y'all have any uh, um, updated stuff, but I think that is fascinating, right? About the the number of, uh, to your point, Alberto, is like some of us, I remember I was the, in the space of like, don't really think about Wisconsin as a place where there are Latinos at. Um, so to see those numbers, right? And you just gave it to us, um, I think is, is important too, to right? think about like, this is the population. You have to have the foresight to know that like we are going to serve this population into the future, right? What are we going to do to get ready for it now? Yeah. And it, I think, it, mm -hmm. No, it, ahead, and, uh, yeah, the, the growth and the exciting part that, that Jackie, you know, mentions it's, you know, we started with four or five institutions, you know, sort of dancing around this idea of how to, how to, uh, you know, create spaces, create resources, you know, feed off of each other's ideas to now 13 uh, member institutions that are part of this network. And I, I, I can help but to think that it will continue to grow and, and not to say that everyone is at the same place and time in terms of numbers or or resources or uh, their initiatives may look completely different. There's some, the beauty of this is that everybody is aspiring to, to really improve the conditions on how they serve Latinx students on their campuses. And that I think is mm -hmm. at the core of, 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 this, of this group. For sure. And I think that goes right into like the next question, which I know you're going to answer for us. What is the significance of starting this kind of network uh, with institutions that are emerging? Uh, I think that's the, the really fascinating thing I think about y'all's network is that you all uh, came into this at the emerging state. It wasn't like you had already all reached HSI, you had HSI grants, HSI grants directors. It is very much in this emerging or even as I call striving, right? That even right. pre-15% is like really striving to get to HSI. So what's the significance of starting um, so early rather than waiting until everybody's in HSI? Well, you know, in my opinion, I think it's it's really an opportunity to, to create, uh, to create, you know, ideas, resources that perhaps did not existed before uh, for Latinx students on, on all of our respective institutions. Uh, it opens up, you know, a, a great opportunity for dialogue. We get to share information. Um, uh, we get to, you know, more effectively talk about what's working, what are the challenges, um, what do those challenges look like, what those opportunities look like in our respective institutions. And I think the byproduct of, of, of coming together and creating these networks of communication and opportunities to, to, to sort of sort of build community across the state is, is that we begin to look at this uh, through the lens of, of community. Uh, I think we, we, we begin to move away from this competitive nature of, oh, we're all recruiting the same students. No, I'm not gonna share with you uh, what we're doing because um, you're going to steal all of our students. We're looking at it through the lens of our community needs us, um, and 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 our students can benefit tremendously if we organize our efforts, if we align some of the best practices in a way, and then you know, 
arriving at a place where we we all realize that we all each each of our institutions are unique in what we offer and that students are gonna are gonna find community um in all of our uh institutions um particularly when most of our students commute to campus so what are those communities look like on our campuses? What are the resources that exist there? And so rather than looking at ourselves as individuals and, and not, not, not willing to, to share um, what's working, what's not working. So I think that's the byproduct of, of, of coming together, of really organizing our efforts, uh, sharing uh, ideas. When an announcement is made, we're quick to send an email to the entire network and say, hey, you hear about this uh, opportunity uh, or Gina Garcia is going to be speaking, <laughs> uh, doing a webinar and really um, expanding our knowledge base because we all come at, at this work uh, at different levels of understanding um, the work, right? And so I think it's it's very it's very important that, that we as a collective realize um, the importance of, of moving away from the competitive nature uh, uh, of, of recruiting or, or enrolling, you know, students, but more so seeing that our community is growing, the community has great need, families have such, you know, an amount of barriers when it comes to language, when it comes to understanding the college lingo, when understanding affordability, that it, it it helps us become a stronger community when we all uh, understand the information at the same level uh, and in the same way. Oh, I love the idea of not competing because higher ed is like uh, just reinforces, right? And almost encourages us to feel like we're constantly competing with each other. Um, so when you said that, I was like, oh, that was very powerful. And right? I think like we're not in competition. We're actually here to serve the students. Like if you're going to put students first and you're not in competition. And then I started thinking about even your network. And I know the different institutions. Y'all are super unique. I mean, you've got like large public two years. you got mid-sized yes. Jesuit. you got tiny little private women's colleges. Right. I mean, they're very distinct. So to think you're in competition is is wild anyways, right? Because like you have your distinct roles in higher ed in general. Correct. So yeah, so I, I love that. It's just it's it's just so beautiful to hear, right? That y'all are have been doing this work um, and in this way that we're gonna be in community together with them for our students. So what kind of milestones has um, HSI now met and what kind of events have y'all sponsored so far, Jackie? Yeah, so I think Alberto mentioned, you know, when we started in 2019, HSI now had just five institutions, and now we have 13 active member institutions. And I think it's important to note that it's not just in the Milwaukee area where like the largest population of Latinx students are, but, you know, up in Oshkosh and Green Bay. And we just recently had some folks from Northeast Wisconsin reach out to us to join the network. So there is a real hunger for learning how to better serve Latinx students and navigate some really fraught issues related to diversity on college campuses, I think, especially now, right? Um, so we're just really excited to be able to grow our network um, and to provide this forum for you know, connection and learning. Um, another thing is uh, we didn't always have an infrastructure. It was just kind of this loose coalition of like-minded folks at the beginning. And a couple of years ago, we worked to create leadership positions and committees to make sure that the work keeps moving forward. There's like a sustainability plan. So that was really important. Um, one of our biggest accomplishments I'd say is really just raising awareness uh, and providing those educational opportunities for our community. 
we've had two major summits. The first was in 2020, right before the shutdown. And Gina, you remember how cold it was in February in Wisconsin? Freezing! <laughs> Here's a PR keynote that day. Um, yeah, we were just talking about that. And then again, in 2021, we held a virtual summit uh, with a focus on racial equity on college campuses. And both of these events attracted like hundreds of people. Um, but really, and I think and we've talked about this already a lot, the, the bread and butter of the network is the connections that we've been able to make between our campuses. Um, you know, HSI work and I think diversity work in general is often, you know, really difficult and complex and sometimes exhausting. And so the folks in our network have been really great sources of information, but also really amazing sources of mutual support. Um, one of our members recently referred to our meetings as therapy sessions because it's so affirming to know that other folks are encountering some of the same challenges and they're still finding their way forward. Um, so we're constantly providing encouragement and advice. Um, and again, as, as we've mentioned, I think a great added benefit is that we can connect our students to each other's campuses because we do feel very different niches, right? Um, just as a quick example, um, last week I had a Latina graduate student who needed another campus to do her summer practicum, and I reached out to the network, and within less than a day, there were three college other colleagues from other campuses who were willing to explore this possibility with her. So the connections don't just benefit us, right? They're there for the students, um, and I think that, again, that bottom line is that HSI Now members are in this together. We're really collaborative partners who are focused on uplifting our community. Yes. What a great experience to be able to have a network of people you can reach out to and be like, hey, I need help with this one thing and know that people are going to respond. Yeah. Um, I, mm -hmm. If I could add one mm -hmm. one little thing that it's, in my opinion, has come out of it, too. It's um, for some time, Jackie and I have been working on on really advancing resources and information uh, pertaining our DACA and undocumented students. And uh, I think through the network, I've been able to visit uh, a handful of institutions to provide additional training uh, because they're also really interested in, in serving that community of students. And so the network has been really, op has opened a door for, for me and the efforts uh, of, of our task force here on campus to, to visit other institutions. And again, uh, moving away from this competitive nature, but more so becoming a resource that we can all tap in, uh, into each other's uh, expertise. Yeah, for sure. And as y'all are talking, I'm thinking about, so there's a, an emergence of um, statewide like consortia uh, coming on board. And and the way y'all are talking about your network is like, it, it even uses a different word, right? Network, um, network elicits a different feeling even. Um, and it, it just feels different. So I, I, you know, I'm starting to think about that too, as like, what, you know, what are the differences between these different ways we even bring together uh, people and to call it a network, right? Is, uh, and the way y'all are describing it is, is really powerful, right? Like we're gonna be here to support each other through this. Um, although so some of those like consortium, like that statewide consortium, they are getting, uh, you know, funding uh, from different private foundations. Yeah, so I'm, I have ideas as y'all are talking. I was like, ooh, let's figure out, right, how to get y'all even more elevated, right? Continue, and particularly since you mentioned, Jackie, that people are reaching out and want to be a part of the network. Um, you know, how do you get additional support for this work? Because I think there is. I think it exists for this kind of work um, because it is, it's such a good model. So I'm, I, I love hearing about it. So what are your future plans for HSI now, Alberto? 
well, I think some of them have, have been mentioned, but um, just to, um, you know, expand a little bit on that is, I think expanding our network. Uh, as as you heard, uh, we have grown by leaps and bounds in terms of a membership. Uh, I don't think uh, it's over. I think we're going to continue to see institutions and through word of mouth and through the work that we're doing, we're going to we're going to engage with other colleagues throughout the state. And I, I, I see and I, you know, hope that more members will join this uh, because it, it then it becomes, you know, uh, uh, something that 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 we all are looking at it from through the same lens of workforce development, building communities, you know, building upon each other's efforts, learning from each other. Um, the, the second thing I would say is the framework that Jackie mentioned earlier. We're at the cusp of, of finalizing uh, a servingness framework um, document that we hope that we can uh, take to our respective institutions and share with, with deans, with our chancellors, with other campus stakeholders, and really institutionalize a lot of the, the HSI practices that many of us have, have been doing for a while. Uh, and take it to the next level, um, right? Um, how do we how do we help mitigate affordability? How do we increase our resources on campus? How do we bring allies into this work? Um, how do we create a, a framework that that it's sustainable over the years uh, and beyond our times and our positions, right? How how do the, our institutions can can really uh, work through that framework to not only lift the, the 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 Latinx students on campus, but you know, um, having a blueprint that can be replicated for all communities of students on our campuses. I think that's uh, that's at the core of of why we are putting together the framework of servingness because it's applicable to not just Latinx students; it's applicable to all students of color, to white students, to all students on campus. And so, um, I see it as a as a as a great service that we as a network can provide our own institutions. Um, and then lastly, I, I would say uh, collectively continue to, you know, to educate and advocate for, for resources. Uh, there's a couple um, uh, organizations that I can think of. Uh, uh, HERA, which is the Higher Education Regional Alliance. Uh, it's a, it's a network of or a group that encompasses all institutions of higher ed in the state of Wisconsin. And it's an organized body that that is really looking at uh, closing the achievement gap. And so um, we hope that we can establish, you know, greater connections with them and inform uh, a lot about, about the work that we're doing. Um, we work uh, consistently with the Hispanic Collaborative, which is another organization here in the city that is looking to really elevate uh, the work around all Latinx communities from workforce development to higher education uh, and, and really uh, putting you know, Milwaukee on the map uh, when it comes to Latinx uh, population. So working closely with them and, and really seeking other partners uh, in this journey that, that would wanna come closer to the work that we're doing and and see how 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 that develops over time. But those are those are three things that I could think of uh, that that really we 
we, we see in our future. I mean, there's other things like websites that we're also in the process of creating. We have an education committee. We have other committees within the network that are, are really uh, helping advance uh, how we are, are put together as a network. And so uh, it's exciting to see um, us uh, going to work on, on the different fronts that are part of the network. Absolutely. I'm I'm over here thinking of all kinds of ideas. First, I was thinking, okay, you could get this funded, right? Like a private funder, um, you know, different foundations, particularly that that are, you know, a lot of foundations are like very regional focused, right? Like if you could find some like Wisconsin-based, right, funders. Um, but now I'm thinking also your legislators, right? Your statewide legislators, right? Getting them on board. So yeah, I got ideas for y'all. So uh, let me know if you want to connect again, because uh, I, I think it, it you do have such a powerful network, right? And how do you keep it, expanding it, right? And getting getting more folks on board um, to keep pushing the work forward, because that's the reality is it's going to have to continue on, even if y'all you know stop doing the work, like we you're going to want it to continue. So, so yeah, those are just a couple of my ideas I'm gonna throw on your uh, future plants. Please bring, bring them on, bring them on, bring them on. <laughs> Funding private foundations, state legislators. <laughs> Those are the big ones I'm thinking right now. But awesome. Well, I definitely wanted to talk about um, the network. That was a big goal for this um, for this session um, or this episode of, of Que Pasa HSIs. But also I want to hear about y'all's individual institutions since y'all are in this emergent state and really trying to think about HSI strategically, very strategically um, before you've even hit those numbers. So let's talk about University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, Alberto, if you want to just talk about your journey, what motivated this? Like, why does your campus want to be an HSI? What is your progress? Like, where'd you start? Where are you at? Where are you, where are you sure. going? Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, great question. Um, well, in my humble opinion, I, I have to, I have to say that uh, the, our HSI work when we, when it was not called HSI work, uh, began about 53 years ago when community and a handful of, of Latinx students in 1970, uh, you know, advocated and demanded that, uh, you know, a center or a place on campus uh, needed to, to exist to serve the community and the students uh, through bilingual services, through counseling, you know, through recruitment efforts to having a presence in the community. And so um, I, I have to mention that because um, that's that's kind of like the birth of, of our efforts. Um, and immediately we saw once once the, those students and community uh, won that that argument and, and uh, monies and resources were allocated on our campus uh, for us to serve the Latinx community uh, at a, in a greater scale, uh, enrollment increase, and we started to see the the the, the fruits of, of that labor and the fruits of, of that advocacy. And so, um, you know, uh, the Spanish-speaking Irish Institute was that was the birth of that 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 office. Uh, fast forward to the early '90s uh, through other uh, student efforts and. And, and faculty and community, uh, it, it morphed into what it's called now the Roberto Hernandez Center in honor of Roberto Hernandez, who was one of those uh, 12 students that in 1970 advocated for the creation of the center. So um, I give you this, this sort of background um, to kind of set the stage for 2016, where now um, 
instead of community advocating and instead of, uh, you know, um, you know, activism and, and, and other things sort of manifesting, it was, it, it came from the chancellor's office to say, uh, I, I think this is, this is something that, that, that we need to uh, pay attention to and we need to uh, devote some, some energy and resources to begin to, um, to lift, you know, uh, this work uh, uh, to a greater scale. And so uh, in 2016, we we were just under uh, 10% uh, of Latinx students uh, at the undergraduate level here on campus, probably under maybe 1900 students, a little bit more identified as Latinx. And just like Jackie said earlier, you know, the study that was, um, that was conducted where where we began to see uh, the uh, the growth of the Latinx community here in Milwaukee. Uh, it, it gave us even more uh, more intel to to say uh, there's something here that that we as a as an urban uh, research one institution, uh, public in the heart of the city, uh, we need to we need to serve students and we need to make sure that we are building the right partnerships in the community uh, to not only intake uh, this growth, but how do we uh, help students persist? How do we help students graduate successfully? And who is on campus can we lean on to help put together this work and, and really uh, continue this work? And so um, immediately after that, uh, I think just like the network was created, you know, whoever was in that room that day with with Chancellor uh, <laughs> Chancellor Moni and others, and the provost and and other stakeholders, director of admissions, uh, we began sort of uh, engaging others and identifying individuals on campus, and that's how our uh, committee for uh, Chancellor's Committee for Hispanic Serving Initiatives started on campus, and we never looked back. Um, I was um, I was asked to serve as as the lead of, of, of those efforts and to convene a series of, of folks and meetings uh, throughout the, the semesters and years um, to really uh, create a, a, a vision for for how we wanted to serve students. Uh, and it was immediately when we uh, began to identify, uh, not only the opportunities, but also identify where we needed to do the greatest uh, work. And that was in, in really um, uh, helping students who, who were coming into the institution, but were not persisting. And so it was quickly with a, that we identified that student, Latinx students on campus were having the most challenge and during their first three semesters, uh, we began to identify three bucket areas, recruitment, retention, graduation, and also development of funds. Uh, and um, I think I, I credit um, a lot of this work. Um, you know, one could have been very discouraged from day one because it said, well, we are 10%. Are we ever going to reach the 25? Uh, but it has been persistence uh, and, and not not giving up on on this idea that it, it perhaps is not about getting to that twenty five percent, but it was about serving. It was about making sure that students, uh, upon admissions, they were they were finding resources, they were finding uh, an office that could take care of them. They were finding that there were multiple folks on campus that looked like them that 
that we're serving them with with intention. And so today we are uh, uh, we just learned this fall that we achieved the the emerging status. We we reached fifteen two percent fifteen two percent point two percent percent uh, and so um we've been able in the last yeah six seven years uh grow about five per- percentage points uh and yeah that was that was partly the goal but it was it was mainly to create uh you know the the best practices and to identify practices that that were going to um you know indirectly uh, indirectly help help uh, increase the number of students that entered, persisted, and graduated here from campus. So, um, but I think one 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 point of of importance is it's when these efforts uh, are not initiated by me personally or by you know a colleague on campus, but that that they're they were initiated by our chancellor, and we having that that sponsorship from your your you know, your president or your chancellor on, on campus, I think it, it it has helped us over the years to maintain the level of, of importance to the work uh, and to be able to bring others along and to go out into the community knowing that, you know, uh, our, our, our highest, you know, uh, you know, leader on campus, uh, it's, it's behind this work and, uh, that we can have that communication uh, from day one and be able to engage in conversation and and share some of the the, the challenges, share some of the the opportunities, but also share the gains that we're making uh, with with the chancellor and with the cabinet here on campus. Absolutely, that leadership uh, support matters. Thank you for bringing in the historical piece of life. It started before with HSI with this center, this space that was created, particularly for Latinx students. Um, you're not the first person to say that and probably not the last, right? And particularly people who, who are grounded in those spaces tend to say this is serving us. It's been serving us since before HSI was even a designation, right? Yeah. Um, and again, and that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I mean, looking back 53 years and starting with 12 Latinx students and, and now to think that there's over 2,800 Latinx mm-hmm. students on our campus is mind-blowing and uh, uh, but it's it's not it's not by accident it's it's because I think uh, we we collectively and I say collectively because I think I, I have to credit the network too and 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 colleagues across the state you know understanding the value added of, of our students on our campus uh, and not looking at only through the lens of, of enrollment, but looking at through the lens of, you know, like I, uh, uh, Jackie mentioned before, you know, if you serve them well, if you create the right conditions for our, mm-hmm. for your students, uh, things are going to manifest. And I think what we're seeing here at, at UW-Milwaukee is, it's, it's that it's, it's the, you know, we're we're collecting the fruits of of that labor that that began a long time ago, but that we have more recently uh, sort of become more more aware and more intentional about creating experiences, creating um, signature events that include language, that we're creating spaces that weren't available before, and that we're engaging 
deans. Uh, just earlier today, I, I was talking to the dean of the School of Nursing, and um, she is so excited to come on board with this work, and she wants to do more, and she wants to come closer to all the things that we're doing. And I think that's part of that. Uh, it, it's 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 really uh, getting getting other folks um, to to sort of drink the HSI Kool-Aid <laughs> and, 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 and come closer to what already is, um, you know, um, not a perfect system, not a perfect set of, of events or initiatives, but one that has the potential to grow with, with the help of others. Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Snaps to all of that. HSI Kool-Aid. Maybe we'll call it HSI Awas. You know, like it has to have its own <laughs> cultural piece. <laughs> the fresca. Uh, uh, I say the HSI, the HSI coquito. I don't know yes. if you have coquito. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we'll come up with our own cultural ways of, of drinking what we drink, <laughs> which gets us into this work. Um, so Jackie, same question. Tell us about Marquette's journey. Like, who, where did this come from? What what motivated it, and and what has been the journey so far? Yeah, well, very similar to um, what happened at UW Milwaukee. There was um, that 2016 study. I think was a big wake up call for a lot of our area institutions, um, and it was also a, a campus leader who initiated our efforts here. So at the time, the provost of Marquette was. Dan Myers, um, and he uh, was looking at this statistical portrait of our community, um, looking at the growth, looking at opportunities for the campus. Um, and he went on, this is a story that not a lot of people know, but he went on um, an Ignatian um, leadership retreat. And this was, it's a program, the Ignatian Colleagues Program um, that happens across Jesuit institutions for Jesuit leaders. And so they, they go through these programs and they go on a retreat and they have to come up with like, what's your action plan? What's your, what's your, you know, what's your goal that's coming out of this kind of long period of meditation and discernment. And what he decided was like, you know, we, we're a Jesuit institution in the heart of Marquette of Milwaukee um, with this huge growing population. Um, and we're not doing enough really to engage them, to connect with them, to get them to our campus, um, to you know, be culturally responsive and linguistically responsive. And so um, he pitched, he came back from this retreat and he was like, you know, we got to do better in terms of like connecting to our mission. So it was really for him like a mission-related um, impetus. And so he got folks on board. He he got community members together, he got a town hall going. Um, he talked to the board, you know, he talked to his other campus leaders and he got folks excited about this idea of like, what if we were to become a Hispanic serving institution? Um, and again, at the time, Wisconsin didn't have any of these. So this was like a brand new thing. Um, so when he got the green light, uh, my position was created to help steward the effort. Um, and it, very much like Alberto too, in that first year, I spent a lot of time, you know, like, talking to folks across campus, like kind of thinking strategically. Um, in my case, because I didn't know the campus or higher ed very well, I had to get to know what was already happening, getting to know the students, reaching out to colleagues at other campuses, reading the scholarship out there, convening a steering committee. Um, and we put together at the end of that first year, this giant report that said, hey, I know you're thinking about increasing Latinx enrollment, 
which is obviously very important, but there's a whole lot of other things we should be thinking about. You know, how are we engaging the community? Do we have access to information in Spanish? What supports are in place for dreamers? Um, what is what does our coursework look like? Are we offering culturally responsive courses? What about alumni? How are we engaging Latinx alums? Um, there was a lot of great work already happening that we could build on, but there was, and really, I think still is, a lot more work to do to get to a place where we're like really truly embodying that ethos of serving this. So my role has been to engage in some of that work directly, but also to help the university think very strategically about ways that we can improve. But also like Alberto, we have like these parallel things happening in our campuses. When we started our HSI effort, we were less than 10% Latinx. And within five years, we got to that emerging status. Yes, 1% a year is what I think about. I'm like, if you could do 1% a year increase, that's about average, right? But if you start at 10%, you're like 15 years, we got to do this. <laughs> and y'all have stayed in it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, and Gina, I think something that, that, that Jackie mentioned that I think it's, it's of great value is, is really putting in paper uh, these recommendations uh, mm -hmm. and coming together as committees, as organized bodies within our institutions. Uh, I think I, I credit a lot of our success and our persistence as, as colleagues continuing this work because one can be very quickly discouraged from continuing, you know, with people transitioning or, or you know, leadership changing, you know, uh, being very persistent with these efforts, it's, it's key. And I think documenting that and really digging into data, digging into um, the unique needs of our institutions, uh, making recommendations based on, on work that you yourself have, have really uh, uh, put together over the years uh, in your books and your research. Uh, bringing a lot of that information closer to administration has been uh, extremely important. And lastly, um, community, the role of community bringing, forming these uh, sort mm -hmm. of advisory committees from community. So they, from 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 a different perspective and from um, from a place of, you know, being in the community can tell us, you know, are we on to something are, are are we missing something uh and really taking into consideration all stakeholders both on campus our students right the most important asset that we have uh and the ones who we are working uh to to help and advance um but yeah bringing all those pieces together and really documenting and presenting those uh every so often to administration has been extremely valuable and 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 getting their reactions you know seeing where where we need to scale back where we need to put more energy into and then lastly bringing bringing them closer i i i can think of of many instances i i call upon a vice chancellor uh my boss, uh, Dr. Chia Vang or Chancellor Moni to come to our events and to be present. Uh, and I, you know, I, I think you can only achieve that once, once you've added, you know, all these elements, you know, and really um, giving this effort, the, the value and attention that, that it needs to, to advance and to be sustained over time. Absolutely. I think there's so much like y'all already, I'm like, oh, I had all these questions, but then y'all are like filling it all, a lot of it in too, right? It's like, yes, this is like the the collective movement, getting leadership on board, getting community on board, right? Like different different kind of folks. Um, one thing I do want to ask though specifically that 
is not in the servingness framework, which is the actual recruitment piece. And I think the way I justify why that wasn't originally in the framework is that HSI was always enrolled already after you are the 25% enrollment, right? But I work with campuses like y'all, the HSI now, now obviously many striving, emerging, um, my own campus, UC Berkeley at this emerging state, UCLA, right? Like these different campuses that I see really trying to figure out how do you even just get to the enrollment, right? The 25%. And it makes me think, well, that it, that's part of servingness, right? It just wasn't originally because we were already people were we were thinking about people that were already there so let's talk about that let's talk about the uh, intentional sort of efforts y'all have made and thinking about there are a lot of people that are trying to figure this out y'all are not the only ones um, but I think y'all have have come up with solutions so Jackie if you want to jump in talk to me about even working with like outreach and recruitment right like your admissions folks on campus um, community families language I know all that comes in so that's the question it's broad yeah but Absolutely. Think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's so interesting that you say that recruitment is part of servingness because, and I don't know, um, folks don't know this, but Gina is on my dissertation committee, which I'm defending next month. And one of the major, (laughs) as a quick addendum to this episode of Que Pasa HSIs, I would like to note that Jackie did successfully defend her dissertation on February 13th, 2024, making her Dr. Jackie Black. It was such an honor to be a part of her dissertation committee, and she did a phenomenal study about HSIs and servingness. Um, I also love talking about recruitment at Marquette, even though I'm not primarily in the area of admissions, because I am a huge fan of our admissions team and our dean of undergrad admissions, Brian Troyer. Um, I think they've done so much to think very strategically and creatively about how they can recruit talented and diverse students to our campus. Um, And every year they break their own records for the most diverse class in our history. So I think the greatest strength of our admissions team is the personal touch that they provide for prospective students and families. So as a Jesuit institution, we have this Latin saying, cura personalis, which means care for the whole person. And this is something we take very seriously as part of who we are. And it comes through in those personal connections. But if you're talking more like enrollment strategies, um, I can tell you from working with our admissions team that there's so much that goes on. Uh, Marquette has both a local focus and a national reach. And what I mean by that is that our admissions counselors go out and recruit across the country. And there's a lot of data crunching that goes into where they focus their efforts to make sure that they're connecting with high achieving diverse students. Um, We also have connections to national networks like the Cristo Rey schools, for example, Um, We have articulation agreements with Latinx-serving community colleges across the country, but we also have a lot of love for our local community here in Milwaukee because we just have so much talent right here. So our admissions office spends a lot of time building relationships with local schools. Um, They do things like on-site admissions for a lot of schools that have high percentages of first-gen students, which means that they're able to provide students on the spot with an admissions decision. Um, They also have a lot of great partnerships with local community-based organizations. I know this is a thread that keeps coming up over and over again, but it's so important. Um, They work with orgs like All in Milwaukee, Mexican Fiesta, College Possible, Boys and Girls Club, just to name a few. Um, And what this has done is help to connect those students to campus resources early. And in particular, it's provided them with pathways to some of our major scholarship programs. 
Um, we're very proud to host the nation's first educational opportunity program on our campus. Um, it's more than 50 years old and it serves um, hundreds of students in the college division each year. It gives additional financial aid and access to other support. We also have urban scholars, Berk scholars, Opus engineering scholars, all of these full tuition programs that also provide like additional support for students and built in like sense of community, right? So there's a ton going on to help us meet our diversity enrollment goals. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, I look forward to reading your dissertation about the um the importance, right? But I think about it a lot of time. I'm like, it is nowhere in the serviness framework, but what an important piece for campuses that are really emerging, right into that emerging state. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a big hole in the in the research, I think, around that, right? And the importance of, of recruitment. So let's hear about uh, what y'all are doing, Alberto. I know y'all are doing a lot. Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. In Milwaukee, uh, yes. Um, go ahead and tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, one thing that I, I have to notice and what people know about me is that uh, I'm all in with these things. You know, Jackie knows me and I I, I drank the the recruitment punch uh, a long time ago. I was I was at one point in my career the assistant director of admissions, and at that time um, it was when all these things are sort of manifesting. Uh, 2016, and I joined the team at in admissions in 2011. Uh, I began to 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 take a pulse on 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 this growth that sort of internally was, was sort of brewing. And um, by by 2016, we then you know uh, went ahead and 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 expressed our interest in becoming a Hispanic serving. But even before that, um, we had started uh, an effort to to host families and students here on campus through a program called Casa Abierta. And just in a couple of weeks, Saturday the 27th, we'll we'll be hosting our 10th annual. Uh, Casa Abierta, you know, uh, it's it's mind blowing to think that ten years have gone by, but it's 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 awesome work and it's part of you know uh, that servingness piece and really identifying where the needs are uh, and what type of intentional programming uh, we ought to be doing and and and, and Casa Abierta is not unique to just UW Milwaukee. Uh, I know Marquette does uh, programming similar to that. Uh, I think it's Mi Casa es Tu Casa. Uh, right, Jackie? Yeah, we've changing the name this year. It's going to be Somos Marquette. But yes, we've been doing Mi Casa for many years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and other institutions that are part of this network are also have engaged in similar work. But uh, I'm most proud of that because it was something uh, I, I, I helped jumpstart uh, many, many years ago. And it's still something that that continues to um, to serve our community. We're very unique in which uh, we welcome all our families with a 40-piece uh, mariachi uh, group uh, through our campus. <laughs> so at 7.30 in the morning, they're being serenaded by a, a full mariachi uh, through one of our partnerships in the community. But, you know, um, Jackie's right, you know, uh, servingness when we talk about servingness uh recruitment is, is is at the heart of that and intentional recruitment not um predatory recruitment uh it, it's not about how many shiny you know uh, view books you have and things like that but it's it's about building relationships and so uh we've been able to forge amazing relationships uh with community with target you know with with schools in the community um, and really providing, 
you know the services like the on-site admissions the 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 field trips to campus for families and students to experience what campus looks like what campus feels like and you know i i'm in a very very uh uh i would say privileged position to be at the roberto nandez center because uh we're often engaged in a lot of these practices and a lot of these things that are engaging with families and students. Um, but I, I think another great thing is that it's not just unique to the Roberto Hernandez Center that, oh, there's Latino students on campus. Let's let's get the Roberto Hernandez Center involved. Now it's a conversation about uh, how the Office of Admissions is um, treating this. And I, I'm I'm holding right now in my hand uh, our CCHSI recruitment plan for 2024, and it's been constructed by a collective of folks, the director of admissions, the uh, the associate director, uh, other campus stakeholders are now, um, you know, uh, putting this into practice and not, and not just uh, something Alberto came up with, but it's more um partners coming on board and really leading that work um uh, all the things that we've we, we're currently doing that i really uh at the heart of, of this recruitment piece is um the follow-up and reach out to students uh right um there's there's something that it's nationally known as summer melt when students you know graduate high school and lose that connection to to um to their counselors or to their school um we we we've been putting a lot of energy into connecting with students to make sure that they're not they're and their families are navigating those processes well uh we do bilingual uh, uh orientation for parents um it was something that it was unknown you know and it but we realized that many students weren't coming to orientation freshman orientation because uh their parents did did not see a place for them so we now hold full Spanish orientation for for families um, doing three times during the summer. Uh, we do a Bienvenida program for new students uh, because we realize that students may go to orientation and it's great value, but uh, from the time they have orientation for the time they actually arrive on campus, they lose contact. So we wanted to really intentionally connect with students to welcome them, connect them with resources. Uh, we say that we at least wanted students to have five touch points before they came to campus post-admission. So those are things that are yielding great results. Um, students feel more connected. They know where to go. They know where the admissions office is. They know where financial aid is. They know where their classes are located. Uh, and, you know, I think little by little what uh, the the end result is that we now have, you know, many partners on campus on board that is not one single individual uh, lifting this work, but that people continue to understand and value uh, uh, partnerships. They understand that, you know, serving students with compassion, with intentionality uh, really goes a long way. So, we're super proud of, of 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 the the partnership we've been able to build with with admissions, with financial aid, having bilingual staff uh, present at a lot of our events. Uh, you know, having those those connections with families, um, really talking about 
what tuition is like, what affordability is like, uh, what housing is like. Um, those things go really, really a long way. Um, and uh, I cannot be more grateful for for the work that, that's been sort of happening in, in, uh, here on our campus. All right, you heard it here. Recruitment has got to be part of your servingness. <laughs> the interesting <laughs> thing with COVID and post-COVID times is even campuses that were HSIs have dropped below. So recruitment has even become a, a really bigger conversation for even campuses that had thought they had already arrived. Um, so it's like, it, it has to be an ongoing conversation, particularly that even if you're at that hovering point, you can't just be be like, hey, we're done, right? We've done all, all this work. So glad y'all were able to talk about that. Um, Jackie, I know you wanted to talk about students as well. How have you engaged your students um, in some of this work? So, you know, in a formal sense, we've definitely engaged students in our HSI initiatives. You know, for example, I have student representatives, both undergrad and graduate on our HSI steering committee. Um, periodically, we'll do focus groups with students, um, things like that. So, of course, I think it's really important to make sure students have a seat at the table when it comes to advisory bodies like that. Um, but I think it's really just important to recognize the ways that students are carrying the everyday servingness efforts on our campus. And this was something also that I've learned in my time here at Marquette. You know, we I don't want to minimize the work that our faculty and staff do because they do a lot. Um, but sometimes I think the contributions that our students make toward HSI efforts get overlooked. You know, students are our Spanish-speaking tour guides. There are community ambassadors who go back out into local schools and talk to students about how to navigate the pathway toward higher ed. Um, they speak on panels in our Somos Marquette program for admitted students. Um, they speak at the Spanish-speaking orientation. They're mentors in our Encuentros program, which is a partnership between our school, between Marquette and um, Christopher Ray Jesuit High School. It's like a mentorship program. Um, they're leaders in our student organizations, our you know, Latin American student organization, our Marquette Dreamers, our Betas, our Gammas. Um, they're, they're the ones creating community, right, amongst the students. They're the resident assistants in the Nuestro Guard Living Learning Community in our dorms. Um, they are ultimately the ones who are really on the front lines, I think, of creating culture change on our campus. Um, and they're the ones reaching back and helping those who come after navigate our campus. I mean, heck, if you call the main Marquette phone number today and you hear um, if you press three, you know who you will be talking to, you'd be talking to a student. So I think without our students, there really wouldn't be an HSI initiative at Marquette. And so I think I just wanted to highlight that as a really, really key piece of this effort. Yes, yes, yes. Alberto, anything to add? So you, were, yeah, you were shaking I, your head like, yep, yep, we do that too. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Students are at the heart of so many things. Um, they, they are, you know, they, they energize me, they energize my staff here at the Centro. Um, and, you know, to Jackie's point, you know, there would not be an HSI effort on our campus if it wasn't for uh, the energy and, and, and uh, you know, aspirational thinking that, that these students bring, right? Uh, these are students who on our campus, for the most part, 85% of the nearly 3,000 students commute to campus. Uh, they, they live at home. So they're from this community. So they have very unique needs. And I think what I what I see sort of uh, happening on a, on a semester basis is them coming together, understanding, supporting each other, 
really um, telling us what are their needs, you know, um, telling us what to, sort of spaces they want us to create for them, how they want us to engage with them. Um, one of the things that um, our center since 2018 has uh, begun to do is uh, adopt this model of coaching. Uh, you know, we have academic advising, but we also have coaching and, and coaching has to do with the caring for the entire student. And so, um, you know, um, I think through that work, we've been able to to discover um, not only the needs that our students have, but about their strengths and about what they bring. Um, we support a lot of uh, student orgs, like, like Jackie mentioned. Uh, we have the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. We have Latinx uh, Student Union, and these students are so eager to to do different things, and and that's what keeps us uh, motivated to to build upon the work that's already there. Um, if it's an event, um, a study night, or a FAFSA help night, or dedicating you know uh, spaces and time to to really um, uh, provide scholarship information and things like that. All those are are uh, greatly informed by by students and by efforts that they are themselves initiating on our campus, and we are there to to really scale it and support it along the way. So, uh, much credit to um, you know my staff, uh, Gabby Fernanda, for the coaching work they do. Uh, they serve a, a, an amazing amount of, of students, but they do it with such passion that. It really helps us identify, you know, what students need, but also what are their aspirations. And, and then I can go to work on their behalf. I can go and advocate for resources. I can I can go across campus and say, hey, this is what our students need. This is what what they're looking to do within other parts of campus. And um, uh, I don't mind doing that. <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's uh, it's uh, it's energizing, you know, to to know that 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 we can change lives um, and and that those changes are, are informed by by our students and but what what they need and what they want to aspire to be right. Yes, absolutely. Serving this conversation should include uh, students, but y'all just gave so many examples of like, you know, we've already they've already been doing serving us, right? How do you bring them into this uh, this framework when you're you know they're already a part of a lot of these efforts you're talking about, anyways. Uh, so thank you for that. Well, unfortunately, we're coming up on our end of our time together, but you can't get out of the pod without answering the final question. Final question is the easy question, I think. Que pasa, size. Jackie, you want to go first? Sure. So I think I'll direct my que pasa answer to those institutions out there like, like ours that are emerging HSIs or strivers. Um, you know, sometimes the road can feel long and winding. Sometimes it feels like challenges are insurmountable or two steps forward, one step back. But um, I think it's important to know that HSI can be about large scale campus-wide transformation, but it can also be about like the infinite little ways that the work you do supports students. So I would say keep fighting for the big changes, but don't discount all the little wins. Um, and when you're feeling burnt out, my advice would be to form your own network of support you know, whether that be on campus or maybe at other campuses that are also in transition, because there's a lot of us out here and we're in this together. Yes. Alberto, ¿qué pasa, HSI? ¿Qué pasa, HSI? Uh, 
this is great work. Uh, and I don't say that, um, you know, just, just for the sake of saying it, but this is coming to this work um, with um, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, ideas, a lot of uh, energy to, to, to really change the lives of students. I know my colleagues are too. I think for those uh, listening to the podcast uh, who are, again, um, are, are creating uh, ideas, are formula, uh, formulating ideas and trying to build their own given networks, uh, know that, um, you know, there's power in, in, in really sharing and, 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 and persisting, right? I, I think it's, I mentioned earlier, you know, it's easy to, to give up and to see, uh, you know, becoming an HSI, this distant uh, goal, but um, just focus on, on, on the quick wins, on the things that you have the, the potential to change uh, and build upon that, right? Um, really be a friend of data, you know, uh, utilize data that exists in your campus because uh, it is through data that, that you can uh, discover uh, opportunities. Um, yes, you can inform some of the challenges, but I think it, it could help bring um, a, a, a lot of things to, to, to fruition, right? Uh, a lot of ideas, you can use that to inform your practices and things like that. So um, be a friend of data. Don't be afraid of, of diving into the numbers uh, and looking at historical things. Uh, always take a pulse on your students, you know, uh, always, you know, they, they're the, the biggest asset that we have on our campuses. Uh, they're the ones that are so ever-changing. Uh, there's some basic things, some basic needs are there, but there's there's a lot of things that they, you know, our young people are facing these days that perhaps myself didn't have to deal with, uh, you know, 30 years ago. And there's some similar things. So always, you know, create spaces for students to to give feedback uh to tell you what what's going on what's up and 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 follow through right follow through with them uh, and don't discount families uh our familias are also a huge asset in the decision making process of our of our young people um they're eager to learn they're eager to help and you know when it comes to retention and graduation they're one of our biggest assets because <laughs> the more they know about you know uh the college process the more they're going to be able to support um our students uh in in collaboration with us so um and and just continue being um you know uh uh you know, dreamers for these kids, you know, keep, keep dreaming about the possibilities, um, and knock on doors. Uh, I've knocked on many doors here on our campus. Uh, when it came to marketing, uh, you know, I said, oh, we ought to do a commercial in Spanish on Telemundo. And, 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 and I think I knocked on that door for quite some time and it eventually happened and, mm-hmm. and it was a great thing. And, you know, I, 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 I've, I've been able to convince folks, you know, little by little, but, you know, just be persistent. Uh, there's great people uh, on our campuses. Sometimes we just need to make the effort to come close to them. So uh, I'll leave you with that. Muchísimas gracias. Awesome. <laughs> gracias. Thank you both for being here today on Que Pasa HSI. Thank you so much.